if I am to the best of my ability, if I am depending on the Lord, and if I am being faithful to his word, I can be assured that regardless of how I feel at the end of the sermon, that God has done his work through his word. Because it's his word being applied by the Spirit that actually does the work, regardless of whether I felt like I was being used or not. Because I can tell you, there have been plenty of times where I have been preaching and thinking, I should have stayed in bed this morning. I, please, put me out of my misery. I got to get off this platform. I'm killing these people. (laughs) And... Then what happens afterward? Somebody comes up, oh, pastor, I needed that word so desperately. Hey, welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast, episode 281. I'm your host, Mike Neglia, and the voice that you heard is that of Brian Broderson. This is a recording from our Boise, Idaho training event, and this is the Saturday morning address. Uh, preaching in the power of the Holy Spirit. There are few people that I know who I believe are more qualified to speak about this topic than Brian himself. Uh, He has a way of interacting with God the Spirit that is infectious, contagious, it's influenced me. And I hope that this recording will allow his emphasis to influence you as well. Hey, speaking of Brian, uh, Brian is pastor of Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa, and they are hosting the Calvary Global Network Pastors and Leaders Conference, which is taking place later this month, June 25th to the 28th. And guess what the theme is? The theme is the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So you're going to hear the pastor of Calvary Costa Mesa speak about preaching in the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you want to get in on this in person, well, then join us in Costa Mesa, June 25th through the 28th. I get to do the Tuesday night main address. I'll be speaking about the gospel of grace and how we can proclaim grace to the world, to our church, and to our own hearts. Also, uh, myself and Tim Chaddock, we're doing a workshop together on Tuesday afternoon called Preparing Sermons That Edify and Evangelize. And you know what, guys? There's dozens more reasons why you should consider coming along to the CGN Pastors and Leaders Conference. I hope to see you there. I'll have a pocket full of Expositors Collective stickers, and I'll give them to whoever asks. All right. Well, enough about me. I'm going to get out of your way, and we're going to hear from Pastor Brian Broderson on preaching in the power of the Holy Spirit. So think about what Jesus said about the, the Holy Spirit in, um, say, John chapter 14. He referred to the Spirit as the, the, the paracletus. Um, and the idea is basically the helper. And in preaching, we absolutely need the help of the Holy Spirit. And the great news is that he wants to help us. 
So that's what I want to talk to us about today, preaching in the power of the Spirit. So preaching is not an end in and of itself, but it, it is a means to the greater end of, 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 of knowing, loving, and serving God. So I, I love what John was saying last night when he was reminding us about the fact that we are we're teaching people. And, and so we have an objective in teaching people. And that is to bring them to that place of, uh, of knowing, loving, and serving God. And we are going to do that as we are uh, empowered by the Spirit. Because, of course, that is the Spirit's objective. That's what the Lord is seeking. So, biblical preaching, biblical preaching, preaching the way it is defined and modeled in the Bible is God's word spoken by God's servants through God's spirit in God's power. And I'll tell you, I think that this has always been true, but it's more evidently true today than I think I've ever seen it in my entire lifetime, how desperately we need the power of the Spirit in our, in our teaching and preaching ministry, how desperately we need that, that supernatural element, how desperately we need the gifts of the Spirit working in and through us as we are communicating God's word. You know, you think of all of the insanity that we are surrounded with today, all the various ideas, all the, uh, the philosophies, and, and uh, you know, the irrationalities. And I'm, I'm a big apologetics guy. I love apologetics. But at the same time, I think, you know, we are at a time when reason is being discarded. And so apologetics is really about reason, right? But if you have people who no longer reason, how do you penetrate that? How do you, how do you break through that? And thankfully, God has a way of doing that. And, and it's through the Spirit of God. And, and I think, ladies and gentlemen, I think we are entering a season where this kind of dependency on the Spirit is, is going to be absolutely essential. Because we are going to need more than our best arguments can ever uh, put forth. We're going to need more than all of our coolness or cleverness or any of those things that we might have not intentionally been depending on, but yet, nevertheless, we maybe were. We need more than that. And, and what we need is what we're talking about here. So, and, and Paul expressed this about his own uh, preaching. 
This is what Paul was referring to when he said things like, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit's power, that your faith should not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. He said that uh, to the Corinthians. Now, of course, we know the background of Corinth was they were steeped in philosophy. And so persuasive words of human wisdom, that was what was circulating at the time all around. Paul says that his preaching was not that. And then to the Thessalonians, he said, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit. So from Paul's words, we see, this is important, we see that it is possible to preach with persuasive words of human wisdom, but not in the power of the Spirit. And I'll tell you, there's, it's, a, it's a subtle and a fine line here. Lloyd-Jones, in his great book, somebody was asking yesterday about you know, commentaries and different things, and when it comes to preaching, there's a couple classic preaching books that everybody should read, and Martin Lloyd-Jones' uh, Preaching of Preachers is one of those classic books, along with John Stott's book, um, Between Two Worlds, Between Two Worlds yeah. Um, but listen, listen to what Lloyd-Jones said. He said, you can have knowledge and you can be meticulous in your preparation, but without the unction, old word for anointing, of the Holy Spirit, you will have no power and your preaching will not be effective. He went on to say, preaching is theology coming through a person who is on fire. And then he called preaching logic on fire. Brian Chappell, in his uh, great book, Christ-Centered Preaching, he said this. He said, the gospel's force lies beyond the power of the preacher. Paul preaches without shame in his delivery skills because he trusts that the Spirit of God will use the word he proclaims to shatter the hardness of the human heart in ways no stage technique or philosophical construct can rival. And I think that is just, it's powerful, and it's so true. So, here's the first question then that we want to um, Ask. We want to ask, how can we assure that we are going to preach in the power of the Spirit versus preaching uh, persuasive words of human wisdom? And the first thing I would say is that there, this is all about a dependency an attitude of dependency on the Holy Spirit. And I like to refer to it even as, as sort of just a bent in that direction. That I, 
I have a bent. I have a leaning in the direction of dependency on the Spirit. So I, I'm speaking personally here, uh, I never assume that I can get up in front of anyone and just preach the gospel unassisted. Even though I've done it thousands of times, I never assume that I can do it. I always am leaning hard into the Lord. And, and so what I'm saying is it, it is like it's a, it's, a, um, it, it's a disposition. I have a disposition of dependency. That's my disposition. That's my, my tendency is to lean hard into the Lord, not to stand on my own when it comes to this. And I think that if we are going to be able to have the confidence that we're going to experience that power, that we do have to have that type of a disposition. Secondly, and this is similar, but it's a constant awareness of our own weakness in this regard. And again, Paul expresses this. He says, I was with you, speaking to the Corinthians, I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And then he says again to the Corinthians, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. I mean, this is the apostle Paul saying this. And if this is the Apostle Paul saying this, then what, what am I to think about myself when it comes to this? I don't know if any of you ever read the book um, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Um, but Malcolm Gladwell popularized the idea that you become an expert by investing 10,000 hours in whatever it is that you're seeking to become an expert in. And he gives various examples. He talks about, um, you know, Bill Gates seemed to just emerge out of nowhere, but actually he spent 10,000 hours in solitude in front of a, an ancient computer. Uh, the Beatles kind of seemed to emerge out of nowhere as the greatest band in the world, but they spent 10,000 hours in these dingy clubs in Hamburg, Germany, and places like that. So his point is, if you, if you invest 10,000 hours, then you become an expert. And I'm, I'm sure that's true in a variety of realms, but I'll tell you where it's not true. It's not true when it comes to this that we're talking about today. So I, I read that years ago, and then I decided to calculate how many hours I have invested in preaching. And I thought, not just in the you know, preparation part of it, which would be a whole nother, uh, you know, extreme amount of hours. But, but I just thought of, okay, how many years have I preached? How many Sundays have I preached over the years? How many services have I done? And I mean, it well exceeded 10,000 hours. So according to Malcolm Gladwell, and others have latched onto the idea, I am now an expert at preaching. So an expert is a person who just, you know, I'm an expert. I can just get up and do this anytime I want. You know what? Every single time I step up to a pulpit, every time I open my Bible with a person in front of me, I am saying, God, you have got to help me. 
you have got to help me. I do not in any way, shape, or form feel that I am an expert. I feel that I am, I am a baby dependent on my parent at that point. And, and I think Paul, in all of his brilliance and all of his wisdom and understanding and all of his knowledge and all of his experience, he, he maintained that constant sense of weakness which led him to depend not on himself but on the Lord. So a disposition toward um, dependency and a recognition of our weakness and our need is going to lend to our preaching in the power of the Spirit. The third thing is if we're really going to preach in the power of the Spirit, we must preach the Word. And that seems obvious, right? I'm, I'm stating the obvious. You would think I'm stating the obvious, but not necessarily so. Because you can go into to pulpits all over the world and you can find them preaching many things, but not really necessarily preaching the Word. And there's a, a big temptation today there will be many temptations along the way to move from preaching the word to preaching something else. Politics, nationalism, social justice, cultural relevance, prosperity, personal success, and happiness, and the list goes on. And what, what quite often you find is that people, of course, will use the Bible... And people might say, well, yeah, my church, of course, you know, we, we, we preach from the Bible. But what is actually happening is the pastor is simply looking for a biblical text as a springboard to launch into the particular thing that he really wants to talk about. And, and there will be temptations to do that. There will be things that you'll get really passionate about, and you'll think, oh, man, I want to I talk about that. And if it's the right thing, then there's a time and a place for that. I'm not saying that we can never do that. But ultimately, what we are to do is we are to do what this whole seminar is about. We are to, as we've been talking about, we are to expose the text. We're to, we're to open the scripture, and we are to help people understand what the text itself is saying. And if we do that, then we can have assurance that we will be assisted by the Lord. He honors his word. And he will come alongside to help us as we honor his word. So again, we have to be careful. Uh, there because there are, like I said earlier, there's, there's a, a fine line here. It's, it's a very subtle thing. And you will find at times that there are those who uh, have the power of persuasion, personality, passion, articulation. And, and it, it, it seems like, well, I need to be that. I need to do that. But what's actually coming through is more personality than, than God's spirit. 
So preach the word. If we, if we, if we commit ourselves to preaching the word, then we can have that confidence. The Spirit honors the preaching of the word. And again, that's taking the biblical text and bringing it out um, for all to understand. Now, we've talked about a lot of this already. It's been mentioned here and there. But I want to say this. Um, this, this empowering, this assistance of the Spirit, this happens um, in the process of preparation as well as uh, in everything else that goes into what, what we're talking about here as preaching. So in the process of preparing to preach, the first thing we just must always keep at the forefront of our minds is that what I am going to do is uh, it's a supernatural um, act. So, so we have to keep um, a consciousness of the supernatural element. So again, lots of people speak, lots of people preach in a sense, um, we have TED Talks, you know, we have all of these examples of, of people getting up and communicating verbally, but we are doing something that is not merely that. We're doing something that is supernatural. And we, we have to keep the consciousness of that. And because it's supernatural, we need to be asking the Lord to lead us even in uh, determining what we preach. So in one sense, we, if we're expositors, we, we already know in a sense what we're going to preach because we have a text before us, right? So I have a text I'm going to get on a plane in a few hours, and I'm going to fly home. I'm going to preach tomorrow. And in between my flight and tomorrow morning, I am going to um, figure out what in that text the Lord is going to have me zero in on for our congregation tomorrow. And I firmly believe with everything in me that God has a word, even though I'm not particularly excited about the text itself. I feel like it's leftovers, like they just sort of threw me a few crumbs and said, okay, you know, Brian, you, you preach on this. We, we took all the good stuff. Now you, you take this part right here. Um, but that's okay. Because I am confident that there's something there that I have not yet discovered that the Lord is going to give me to give to his people. So what I, what I want us to understand, guys, is that, and ladies, is that we need, we need to have that kind of a sense of God's involvement in what we're doing. That we are doing something together with God. We are doing something for God, but not apart from God. We're, we're working together with him. And so we pray. Now, I, I have, year, for years and years, I plan out in advance where I'm going to go in the big picture of a text. So, for example, if I'm preaching through, like right now, we're preaching through the Gospel of John. We're in chapter 12. It's still going to be quite a while before we get through 
the end of the Gospel of John. But I'm already thinking in my mind that we're going to go from John's Gospel to John's first letter. I'm sensing that that is where we're headed. And I'm sensing that the Lord is leading us in that way. And, and that has been my experience for decades now. I, I get a sense of where God wants us to go as a congregation. Each congregation has a unique element to it. And I think times and seasons where God is wanting to speak certain things and a biblical text is, is where he will lead you to do that. I've had times when I didn't want to preach a certain book of the Bible. For example, a few years ago, uh, I felt like the Lord was pushing me toward preaching Galatians, and I just didn't want to do it. I kept resisting. I kept just going, oh, I just kept looking for something else. And I can't remember what I was teaching at the time, but I had some months to go. But I just got a feeling like we're going to go to Galatians. I kept sort of pushing back against it, finally got down to the wire and had to make the decision. And okay, I guess it's Galatians. It was one of the best seasons in Galatians ever. I thought, wow, what a surprise. I did not anticipate this from Galatians. But I, I could sense as I was teaching it, oh yeah, this is the word of the Lord for this very moment for us. So seek the Lord's assistance even in the preparation, even in the very preparation of the message that you're going to give this weekend. You're seeking the Lord's assistance. So again, this comes back to that dependency. And now in coming to the act of preaching, here's the thing. Take the same dependency you've had through the whole process into the pulpit with you. So you don't stop depending on the Lord. You know, I... I don't know if any of you guys ever listened to the Mission and Methods podcast that we do, or CGN, but the last one that we just did uh, was on the, what was that subject of, um, was it preparation? The, the most recent one where Chuck, we had the lengthy, uh, um, where'd Nick go? Preparation. Right, it was preparation. And there was a long section in there. We like to put in these little clips from Pastor Chuck. So we had this clip in there from Pastor Chuck where he goes off and he's talking about, you know, he's talking about where he senses sometimes the greatest anointing is in his preparation. And he was really emphasizing that. And I'm saying that too. But of course, we don't stop our dependency once we've got our sermon notes all sorted out, and we're, we're ready to go. We've got our outline. We don't stop there, right? When we get into the pulpit, that same dependency needs to go into the pulpit with us. So just as I was depending on the Lord to give me what he has for his people, now I'm going to depend on him to enable me to deliver that. And remember, see, th this is the thing. We often forget, or we're tempted to forget the supernatural element in what we're doing. But remember that you are the mouthpiece of God to bring God's word to his people. Peter tells us that. Peter says, if anyone speaks, let them speak as the, the oracle of God. The oracle means the mouthpiece. You're going to speak as the mouthpiece of God. You're going to speak as God's representative. 
Think of yourself in some senses like the prophets of old or the apostles. Of course, I'm not saying we have that you know, same infallible authority, but that's the idea. I am speaking for God, and God is speaking through me to his people. That is what is happening in a situation where somebody has their Bible open and they're depending on God. God is actually taking them up on that and he's speaking through them. He's speaking through you to people. And here's something that is a component of that that we need to be aware of and we need to be open to, and that is be open to going off script. You have to be open to going off script. Now, I say that because there, there are some people who are very scripted in their, in their method, and I think that you know, in, in some ways, that can be okay. That can be fine because in the preparation, you've, you've had that dependency. And so what you scripted is, is what the Lord has given you. But then also be open to the fact that God might give you something more immediately when you're actually in the, the process of delivering the message. This is I think when Paul is talking about I, I came to you with, with power, I think he's describing this, this sense of God's spirit in sort of a spontaneous way giving him things at that moment that he hadn't even prepared for. And that's what I mean by going off script. Don't be afraid to go places you hadn't prepared to go. And the Spirit, in my experience, and I know the experience of many others, the Spirit will often send us off on uh, a diversion. But here's the important thing. He will also always bring us back to the main road. (laughs) You have to be careful. Some people just go on diversion after diversion after diversion after diversion, and you never know if you arrived at your destination. But but when the Lord is leading, he will lead you on diversions, but then the road will eventually, you're, oh, okay, we're back on the road, and we're, we're you know, finishing up with the text or whatever the case might be. But you will find that over time, those spontaneous diversions are more often than not prophetic words that go straight to the heart of the hearers who then receive the word not as a human word, but as it is in truth, the word of God. Now, for those of you that have preached for a while, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know that you, you've got your, your outline and you've done your preparation. And for the most part, that is what you're communicating. But then suddenly you just have this sense to go off on uh, something that's not in your notes, something that you haven't prepared for. 
Maybe it's a, 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 another verse somewhere in Scripture that all of a sudden, it, oh, this ties in perfectly right here. And you go off and, that, and then you develop that thought. Or maybe it's, it's something that happened this past week. Or maybe it's something you read. Or maybe it's some, you, you saw a film or you heard something on the news. And that takes you off on this sort of like a rabbit trail. And you kind of sometimes wonder, like, where am I even going with this? But at the same time, you really sense that there's some, something beyond you that's leading you in that way. And then here's what happens so often. You find out later that that diversion that you took was a prophetic word for somebody that was in the congregation that day. I've had this happen thousands of times, literally. I've had people come up and say, man, you know that point that you made? Uh, last night there were like six of us. We were, we were over at my house and it was midnight and we're talking about all these things and you addressed every one of them this morning. And the crazy thing is like, yeah, that is wild because I did not plan on saying one of those things this morning. They were not in my notes. I, I just sensed the Lord was leading me off on this rabbit trail. And lo and behold, he wanted to speak to you about that. So again, this, this is the supernatural element to, to what we're doing. And so we have to be... Uh, we have to be open to that. And, there, and there's, there's kind of two places that, that people often land. Some people are so tied to the, the preparation process and making sure that they're, they're, they're preaching in such a way that is acceptable to their seminary professor's uh, idea of what preaching should look like, that they're, they're bound up and restricted, that they can't they can't really even experience that sort of freedom. And then some people are the other extreme of just, it's like a shotgun blast. There's, there's hardly any rhyme or reason to, to what is what they're communicating. But then occasionally you get hit by a little pellet. You're like, oh, wow. Well, wow, what was that? You know? It's like a shotgun. So we don't want to be either of those extremes. We want to be in that place where we're open to experiencing the supernatural. Now, I'm going to close with this. I want to quote again from Lloyd-Jones. And Lloyd-Jones, like I said, in his um, Preaching and Preachers, he, these are quotes from that book. Uh, but he spoke about John Wesley. And listen to what he said, and it kind of proves the point that I'm talking about here or enforces it. He said, John Wesley was the most typical Englishman conceivable. Lloyd-Jones was a Welshman, so this was a bit of a dig here. Uh, he, he described Wesley as pedantic, precise, and exact. He had an excellent academic career at Oxford as a student and then later as a fellow at Oxford. He was exacting in his exegesis, precise in his speech but was a failure as a preacher and began to think that he shouldn't preach. 
Then he had an experience of his heart being strangely warm, warmed, which soon led to a new power in preaching. And now Lloyd-Jones says this. He says, seek this power. Expect this power. Yearn for this power. And when the power comes, yield to him. Do not resist. Forget all about your sermon if necessary. Let him loose you. Let him manifest his power in you and through you. I am certain that nothing but a return of this power of the Spirit on our preaching is going to avail us anything. This unction, this anointing is the supreme thing. Seek it until you have it. Be content with nothing else. Wow. Now, I'm going to say this. I appreciate and concur with Lloyd-Jones on his desire to be consciously empowered by the Spirit while preaching. But I would just add this. We should, of course, all long uh, to be carried away by the Spirit in our preaching. But we must remember, I think Lloyd-Jones is a little bit too subjective here. I think we have to remember that even because what he's really describing here is something that you are going to feel. And believe me, when you're preaching, you want to feel empowered. You want to feel like you're being carried away. You, you long for those preaching moments when you are in um, autopilot. You don't even have to think about it. It is just, everything's flowing, and you sense, man, God is doing something right now. We preachers, that's what you live for those moments. But you know what? Sometimes they're few and far between. <laughs> You're like, wait, how, how come that's not coming? Um, and here's the thing. That's where I think Lloyd-Jones gets a little bit too subjective. And I think we have to just remember that, okay, I, I want to have that sense. I want to have that feeling. But even if I don't, if I am, to the best of my ability, if I am depending on the Lord, and if I am being faithful to his word, I can be assured that regardless of how I feel at the end of the sermon, that God has done his work through his word. Because it's his word being applied by the Spirit that actually does the work, regardless of whether I felt like I was being used or not. Because I can tell you, there have been plenty of times where I have been preaching and thinking, I should have stayed in bed this morning. I, please, put me out of my misery. I got to get off this platform. I'm killing these people. <laughs> and... Then what happens afterward? Somebody comes up, oh, pastor, I needed that word so desperately. <laughs> People even come up and said, I think that's the best sermon you've ever given. I'm like, now I really am suicidal. You know, <laughs> that's the best sermon I've ever given. I'm in big trouble. <laughs> so let's not get so wrapped up in the, in the subjective that we feel like unless we've had some experience that we haven't really done or 
the job. If we have depended on the Lord and been faithful to his word, then we will have done what God's called us to do. I'm going to close with this passage from Exodus 35. Then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord has chosen Bezalel, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, with all kinds of skills, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of artistic crafts. And he has given both him and Aholiab the ability to teach others. He has filled them with skill to do all kinds of work as engravers, designers, embroiderers, and blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, and weavers, all of them skilled workers and designers. If God gave such ability to those who were ministers of what Paul calls the administration of death, the old covenant, how much more should we believe that God will give his Holy Spirit to empower us who are ministers of the ministry of life, the ability to do what we need to do? Amen? All right. God bless. Okay, well, thank you so much. Uh, really enjoyed that insight. Thank you for the practicalities. If you've listened all the way, I'll say definitely check out the show notes for this episode. They are quite detailed. And the quotes from Martin Lloyd-Jones and Brian Chapel that Brian used, they're typed out for you in the show notes. Hey, also, I want to invite you to join our Facebook private community. There are hundreds of preachers and Bible study leaders. We talk about the latest episodes. We get questions answered, uh, have a bit of banter and joking. All of it is designed to help you grow in your personal study and public proclamation of God's word. So much of ministry, uh, preaching ministry in particular, involves solitary study time. And it's wonderful to be able to interact with other people who can talk about the craft and the process of sermon preparation. So search for Expositors Collective on Facebook. You'll find two pages. One is the public page with our posts and quotes and all that. And then there's a private group. And you'll have to ask permission to join and I'll approve you. And we can carry on the conversation in that forum. All right. Maybe see some of you in Costa Mesa, California. And otherwise, I'll see you next Tuesday for the next episode of the Expositors Collective Podcast. Mm-hmm.